Thanksgiving next weekend. That's a good lead in. Good time. Yes, man. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we did, we did Thanksgiving and a weekend early. So yeah, one of the big events that we have over at Robin's is uh Friendsgiving and Robin breaks out the Turkey fryer and deep fries a Turkey, which is unbelievably mint. And everyone brings up a side. Like, so we brought, uh, I brought gravy and a blueberry duff. So, oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. So for those who don't know, a blueberry duff is a steamed blueberry cake, essentially. Yes. And we Newfoundlanders put it on our, you know, big dinners and stuff. And we'll pour gravy all over it. <laughs> it sounds weird, but man, it works. Oh, it's good stuff. So we went over last night and just feasted, man. And then we ended up in the lounge (laughs) for most of the night. (laughs) The lounge. When you hit the 50s, man, when you start hitting close to the 50s, it's like everything sets in. eh? The arthritis and everything because you're you're like sitting in one spot for too long. It's like, man, life sucks after 930. Fuck. I feel like I'm claymation sometimes. You talk about the arthritis to fingers and stuff. Like it's no joke. Like I'm three years from fifty, Jerry. You're only you're right around the corner. Yeah, one um, year and one day. <laughs> some days when I'm trying to type on a keyboard or do just little menial things around the house, like literally my hands I feel sometimes like the way that they move. They look like they're fucking stop motion claymation. Like just the way they move. Yeah, it's like a horror flick. Looks like yeah. something from Clash of the Titans. So, are you guys going to celebrate next weekend again for uh, Thanksgiving, or is this the the big to do for the month? Well, I guess Jerry, you, Jesus, your birthday is when tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh Jesus. shit, we didn't celebrate your birthday. Yeah, no, we never. That's important. Happy fucking bir- happy, happy birthday, happy fucking birthday, man. <laughs> yeah, we never celebrated. If we would have known, <laughs> hell, that lounge would have turned into a into a like a stripper club and everything. It would have been twenty yeah. after ten before you went home. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there the whole time, dying inside. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, suck it up, bitch. You got to sit in the king seat. <laughs> there you go. You got to rub that leg lamp. Yeah, everybody leg loves lamp. a bit of leg lamp. Oh, that leg lamp is uh, divine, man. Solid intro. Yeah, pre-birthday podcast. Woohoo! Happy 49th to me. 49 trips around the sun, boy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, fucking not bad. Not bad. Doing all right. <laughs> well, welcome to the Video Night Podcast, the podcast about the movies you love from the VHS era and beyond. My name is Jerry. And I'm Robin. RP. Right on. And we are here on a lovely Sunday morning. Uh, no Kev again today. Kevin is in Vars or Cars. Cars? Ontario? Yeah, he's in Cars. He's in Cars. Cutting grass. Cars? Yeah, K A R S. Yeah, he's uh, cutting, cutting hedges or something. <laughs> Cars. I thought he was reviewing a, a movie that was directed by Lenny Riefenstahl. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh segue. Oh, my. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so this week we're going to do uh, a pretty cool topic. Um, so we're going to look at the films by uh, strictly female directors. So. I guess this industry historically has been pretty male dominated. So for these women to break through and make their mark on the industry like they have is uh, I'm sure it wasn't uh, an easy road for any of them. And uh, I think they are to be uh, congratulated and definitely explore their, um, their work and, and what they've done. So we've picked, uh, a few here. There's obviously a whole litany of uh, female directors that we could we could look at here, but we picked some of the 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 big. Well, we got five, and uh, Robin actually mentioned a couple of cool ones that I wasn't familiar with, so we can talk about those as well. Um, but these are, these women have made some of the best movies uh, from you know, the I guess mostly the 80s into the 90s into the 2000s. I don't think any, but any of these 
uh, directors that we're looking at today are uh, have done anything in the seventies, have they, or or before? No, it's mostly no. the eighties and up. Right. Not maybe not even the eighties. Probably starting the late eighties, early nineties. Right. Well, we we did look at a couple that were earlier in the eighties for sure. Uh, we, right up until you know a couple of years ago. We're we're going to uh, talk about some films that uh, that are more contemporary as well. So that's the beyond in and the movies you love from the VHS era and beyond. There's a couple that I uh, that you mentioned that I have that you you were not aware of that have done stuff even as early as the 40s. Oh, and, and yeah, but we're not going to venture into that too much. Well, you can. I don't like this is a learning experience for all of us. I mean, we're I'm familiar with a lot of the stuff, the more contemporary stuff, but um I know there's there's a couple that you mentioned that, you know, have won Academy Awards and have done great work uh mostly in I would say short film or or foreign film or kind of that niche um th- that kind of niche market, but not big Hollywood blockbusters by any means, but still their work is important. Yeah, it's important, and they, they did a lot of stuff like in the uh, early 1900s. But they're more known for the 50s and 60s was their 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 big area, right? Cool. So, but I'll mention one or two, and uh, all right, we'll go from there. And awesome. also, I'll mention uh, one uh, newcomer that has only done uh, film probably in the last 10 years. Okay, who's only directed one film? Uh, no, she's got about five or six films, but they're okay. very, uh, I, I would say that they started off very independent and then, uh, there is one that is actually on Netflix Okay, that, that you, you may have seen or may not have seen. So okay. we'll get into that. All right. So you want to, you want to do those at the end? Yeah, yeah, sure. All yeah, right. We'll hit those at the end. We'll start okay, with the cool. big ones for now. All right. Well, we have five really well-known <clears throat> uh, women directors here. Sorry for clearing my throat. Um, no, you're not. Uh, no, I'm not uh, at all. So we'll start with um, a director who has uh, has 22 director credits to her to her resume. Uh, some of them were TV movies um, and and that sort of thing. But we're going to start with Catherine Bigelow, and she really, I guess, kind of made her mark. Early, I guess in the in well, she did some stuff in the very early '80s, but I guess her biggest, or, or I don't know, the biggest movie that she did, kind of in the '80s. Um, well, the first one I knew anyway was Near Dark. Yes. Yeah. So that was I. I it's been a long time since um, since I've seen that movie, but it's uh, a vampire movie, very cool uh, horror movie. That was 1987. And then she went on to do a couple of really good movies in the early 90s. Uh, Blue Steel with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. And Point Break. Point Break is awesome. <laughs> it is like the best. I'm Point sorry. Point Break is There's awesome. so many memorable touchstones in that movie. <laughs> like just... Uh, scenes and quotes and all that stuff. Point Break is, yeah, it's amazing. And I was very sad when they did a remake of Point Break. Yes. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I didn't see it on purpose. No, don't yeah. don't even go in there. I yeah. started it and turned it off. I'm like, I can't do this because it's, again, um, the crow, the crow syndrome for me. Yeah. The second part will ruin the first part if you watch it, so stay away. Yeah. So those were two, were two massive movies uh, back then. More recently, though, she um, I mean, she did a couple of movies. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen in uh, Strange Days. I like uh, Strange Days. Yeah, I did. I don't even know what was in that. Yeah, one. Angela Bassett finds um, really good movie. Right. It's yeah, like a futuristic cyberpunk movie. Um, uh, Juliet Lewis was in it, I think, too. Yeah, Juliet Lewis. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. When her mid nineties height, um, yeah. yeah, I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah, about the, the just um, the technology, drugs, you know, um, even though they were using like mini discs and stuff at the time in the movie. Okay, the whole point of it, um, if you if you go back and watch it, just put it with you know the your glasses of, of looking at it in today's light of how it would be made today. I think yeah. 
for me, it was ahead of its time. Just okay. the, the thematic elements of the movie. In 1995, it was just, you know, another run-of-the-mill action movie, futuristic, you know, um, feel to it. But yeah. I liked it. Didn't it take place in 99, though? It, it was did. Came out, <laughs> so it was, it was only four years, really, in the future when it came out. <laughs> no, it was, right. in 90, it was in 95. No, Strange no, it came days. out in 95, but the story was supposed to oh, be Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah. It wasn't very far off. No. Right. <laughs> it was the, the actual story itself. So this goes back to her time where she was married to James Cameron. And yeah, he the wrote story, it. Yeah, the story was conceived by him. And uh, even some of the scenes had first-person shots in it, right? And the different okay. camera angles that were used. You go back and watch it. It's actually it's a pretty good feel. It bombed at the box office because I don't think people actually were ready for it. Okay. To be honest, but I mean, again, we all have our different tastes. It probably it doesn't hold up with regards to the special effects that you'd probably expect. But okay, check I'll it out. Go back and watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Next one I saw on the list that that, that uh, I don't I don't think I've seen, but I've definitely heard of is the Weight of Water with Sean yeah, Penn. It wasn't one of her best. No, it, it didn't get a great rating. It's only like five point eight or something out of ten on on IMDb. So. Uh, big cast though, Elizabeth Hurley and uh, yeah. Sarah Pauly. Uh, yeah, isn't that a period piece though? Isn't it? Isn't uh, the I honestly don't start know. suit with like in the eighteen hundreds or something? Yeah, it was some sort of yeah homicide investigation yeah. from yeah way back in 18, the day, eighteen seventy three. It says okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. I haven't seen yeah. that movie. Uh, I haven't either. But you Shame do know, You do know. Sorry to cut you off, Jerry. I know you're narrating this part of it, but K nineteen, the Widowmaker. Did you uh, did you guys see that? That was her yeah. next movie. Yes, that was awesome. And that was, uh, yeah, and I'll let you talk about the next two if you have them on your list. But she only yeah. got better and better, right? Like with with what's going on in the world, right? For sure. K nineteen though, uh, did that come out around this? What time? What era oh, two. did? Hunt- Hunt for yeah, it was O two. What when did Hunt for Red October come out? It could seem like there were submarine no. movies came out around the same time. I know, then... but Hunt for Red October came out nice. early. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. before, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't get those mixed up, but I don't know. I seem to lump those together. Obviously, more the submarine movies. Yeah, that was nineteen ninety. That Hunt for Red October. Came okay, out. so, so they're was... not even close. <laughs> no, was this K nineteen? I, I I've seen it, but obviously a long time ago. It was probably around when Jer was like thirty. Um. Yeah. Is when I seen it, <laughs> but isn't that the one? Yeah, Harrison Ford doesn't he like talk with just a regular accent without, or he has a really shitty fucking Russian oh, accent. Right? Yeah. He does, he does. <laughs> and I true. think that's probably why it absolutely it hit the shitter. Yeah, the acting was absolutely fucking terrible. But if you look at if you look at the way movies like the way they came out, like uh, Daz Boot came out in eighty one, and Hunt for Red October came out in the nineties, and then. K-19 came out in 2002. Like, it's almost like, hey, let's do what they did back then, right? Yeah. Trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I could. Be I don't think it was the story itself. No. I think if you remake that with, you know, um, something like actually pull off Russian accents or whatever, I think yeah. it's just one of those things. When people watch me, I don't know. I'm one of those snobs when I'm watching a movie. If you're pulling off an accent or you're trying to be – uh, a Russian or you know an Englishman, and you're talking with an American accent doesn't work for me. It, I'm I'm tuned out already. Yeah, yeah. Right, Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. I think at the beginning, I believe they do talk a little bit of German. Then he goes right into his his American accent. Yeah, it ruined it for me. I'm great, yeah. great movie. I love the story. I love obviously the historical impact and, and aspect of that. But yeah. after he started talking like he was in Top Gun, I'm like, no, <laughs> shit, turn <laughs> off. Yeah. There's one movie, and I don't remember what it is, but they they did that kind of. Um, it was a very clever device that they used, in that the actors started. They were supposed to be Nazis or, or something. Right. And they started out talking German, and then they kind of blended the audio into English, so that it wasn't subtitled. They started talking in German, and then as they were talking mid sentence, they'd go over to English, just so that okay, it's like we're going to start here. They're they're right. supposed to be talking German, but we're going to do the whole thing in English. I think it, might, it, it may have been Valkyrie. or Oh, it may I, have been. I, I'm almost sure at the beginning of that movie, they did start talking like in German, right? Okay. And then a little while later, they just go with normal accents. And, okay. you know, building that whole guise of the movie of, okay, 
they're actually speaking German, but we're going to do it for the viewer. It still right. doesn't work for me. I would have rather okay. they spoke in an English accent right. or a broken German accent. It would have Fair enough. been pulled off better. Anyway. So I think the next two movies uh, that she did really cemented her. Um, now, Point Break would have for sure. But she yeah. I mean, coming off of a couple of movies that didn't do quite so well in in the uh, in the box office in 2008, she did The Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. The Hurt Locker, man, is a movie and a half. Yeah. Um, about a bomb squad uh, in the Iraq war and cast is just awesome. Uh, Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackey. Um, a lot of just a great gritty uh, look at, you know, this life of I, I can't oh, even yeah. imagine doing that job. Uh, I can't be around a, a, a four-year-old holding a balloon, let alone trying to defuse a bomb in a war zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The intensity of that, I watched, I watched it last night, and I just I finished it late last night. The beginning of the movie where Guy Pierce is in his suit. Yeah. I, yeah. I've seen the movie before, seen it a few times. I had to, I put the volume on mute. Nah. Uh, no, the part where Guy Pierce walks away and the shockwave hits, and then you see the inside of the, uh, the helmet explode, the blood. Oh, yeah. That set the tone for the entire movie. Like, every time I watched last night, like, was the first time I watched it. Amazing. The camera angles, the shaking of the camera, they're running through. Yeah. And then she did that again, um, you know, similarly, I guess, in Zero Dark Thirty, uh, four years later. Yeah. And so that was, you know, it's it's the story of the hunt for bin Laden. And, you know, his ultimate demise at the hands of SEAL Team 6. Uh, I I must say, I really, really like this movie. I did find it not hard to get through, but um, it was long, for sure. Oh, yeah. A bit over two and a half hours. Um, and it was so only... There, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying there's a there's a lot of it that needed to be said. You know, all yeah. the the stuff leading up to it, and all the the politics and 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 that sort of thing that needed to be said. But um, I, I did find it 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 was heavy. It was it was it was a little a little dense. Well, well it was only eleven years after the the nine uh, eleven, right? So it was uh, it was still kind of fresh in a lot of minds. Yeah. So. Well, the yeah. war was still fresh then. Yeah, it was in two thousand eight. They were that was you know they were at the height of the uh, of the occupation over there, right? Yeah, but the the actual raid at the end, Bigelow's direction on that was just bar none awesome. You could not you know you couldn't look away. You know it was just so well done, and it. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really looked at any of the reactions of uh or if there's anybody who was involved or anybody who would know like on the inside how um accurate it was but i'm assuming it was pretty damn accurate so hats off to bigelow on that i think that's probably one the film that i've seen the most from her i can't turn that off if it's on tv if it's on like the movie channel or whatever yeah yeah uh i didn't see detroit which came out in 2017 no, I haven't either. Um, so something about the 67 Detroit riots. So I, I didn't quite see that one. Did get a great, it got a good review. It was John Boyega and Anthony Mackie again. Right. Um, yeah. Did get a good uh, good review on IMDb. So I might check that one out. But, you know, undeniable that her uh, legacy in, in film is cemented <laughs> with you know at least four of these these movies anyway five i guess if you, if you count near dark which i would because it's great oh i uh, love that one too yeah she's uh coming out with a new one called aurora aurora yeah i saw that there uh, 2023 i think or 20 okay. she's working on it now but i don't uh, i don't know a lot about it okay she's not young I, either she's no. 70 years old now yeah what? but that's what i mean like yeah. she's since Hurt Locker, she's been doing a lot of like uh, realism, right? Rather than you know, like the Point Break style. And of note, before becoming the first woman to win the Academy Award for Best Director for Hurt Locker, yep. she actually won the Saturn Award for Best Director for Strange Days in 1995. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that one out for sure. I, I, I that one passed me by. 
And just for reference, uh, dear, uh, yep. Strange Days was on a three-movie compilation VCR tape from Lofmart in 1995. Holy <laughs> crap. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Point Break, I think I've seen like 20 times. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but oh. I definitely used to watch it quite a bit. So the next director that we have to look at here is um, probably, well, in pop culture, I guess, probably the one of the more well-known directors, uh, probably more well-known for acting uh, in the 80s and stuff, uh, Penny Marshall. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Penny Marshall, uh, probably most well-known to play Laverne in uh, Laverne and Shirley. Uh, but she went on after that show to have quite a career as a director. And she has done a lot of your favorite movies <laughs> for sure. Um, I guess her first uh, film that she did was with Whoopi Goldberg and Jumpin' Jack Flash. Did you see that one? Yeah. 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 Not sure if I did. I may have, but I don't really remember much of it. Funny. I was watching the uh I was watching a video of Whoopi Goldberg and uh, our, our boy from the Rolling Stones, old Keith Richards, who turns 119 this year, I think. Uh, they actually they <laughs> actually did um, jump a Jack Flash with Aretha Franklin as a promo vehicle for oh. that movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, and the man. video is actually, she, she be, it actually starts where she's actually the character from the movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like 80s videos, they did them like movies. But, yeah, they did a big whole video where she does it. She becomes... She hides from the bad guys um, in the video as a backup singer to Aretha Franklin and Keith Richards. The video is actually pretty good. Okay. But moving on from that, she did uh, a really great movie that I, I definitely have seen. I, saw, I, think, I think I saw it in the theater, believe it or not. It was big mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks. Oh, so yeah. he, yeah. So a kid wishes he wants to grow up too fast or whatever, and he wishes he was big, and he wakes up the next morning to find himself in the body of Tom Hanks. <laughs> just a, it's just a joyous movie. Like, and a lot of her movies have that element to it, whether they're, you know, this one was a comedy, uh, but it always has that kind of uplifting message. I find with, with her stuff It's kind of a common thread in, in most things that she did. So if you left the movie, you know, if you left big, in the theater, if you left that in a bad mood, you're just a joyless person. <laughs> Go home. Oh, yeah. yeah. And who didn't want to try to play something on one of those big pianos on the floor? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, she went on a big run. She's the run. Right? Yeah. Of movies after this. Yeah. So the next one she did after that was night in 90 with um, De Niro and Robin Williams Awakenings. Oh yeah, um, that is just you talk about up you know, like uplifting, uh, but tear at the heartstrings at the same time. You know, just an amazing movie, and it's something that I don't think I've ever seen Robert De Niro do <laughs> before. Before then, yeah, um, just a totally different role for him. Robin Williams, um, you know, his drama stuff, the Patch yes. Adams, and you know the stuff that he did, he could he had the chops to do that uh, as, you know, as well for sure. But I don't think I've quite seen De Niro in such a vulnerable role as awakenings. So, you know, you can definitely chalk that up to the direction of Penny Marshall, I think uh, to take such a Hollywood heavyweight like that and mold him into such a fragile, vulnerable character. So I want to know what beat this movie for best picture in 1990. Oh, good question. Cause it was an, you're right. Absolutely amazing film. I'm just trying to, I'm doing a quick peekaboo right now. You can do a little peekaboo. All right, good. I am. Yeah. Um, the, Oh Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> Something stupid. Fucking yeah. Dances with selves. Dances uh, with wolves. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was up with Wall. So the, <laughs> that year, the nominees were Dances with Wolves, Ghost, Godfather Part 3, and Goodfellas, and Awakening. So, Holy uh, man. Take your pick. That is a murderer's <laughs> row. Freaking movies, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So wow. Did this movie win anything? It should no, have. Oh my god, really? Amazing though. I mean, just on the performances alone, like you said, from yeah. De Niro and Williams, two guys who at that point in their career totally outside the comfort zone. Yeah. From what the viewers, of course, would be used to. Yep. Yeah. So clever the the play on the word awakenings yeah. obviously has its you know in your face meaning of de niro wake awakening from you know his catatonic state but it's almost in in the, and in the other way in his dis- rediscovery of life mm-hmm. reawakening robin williams character to live his life and and uh Asking her out on a date. Was it the nurse? Yeah, at the end, yeah. 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 So very, very cool themes of different types of awakening. And I thought it was just so smart, man. Yeah. Amazing. Very, uh, did you see the cast for that? Yeah. Robin Williams, De Niro, John Hurd, Max Vancito, yeah. George Martin, a lot of big actors. Penelope Ann Miller. Vin Diesel is an orderly in that movie, by the way. Just as an FYI, you know. Yeah, he was. He was uncredited, but yeah. No. yeah. But it was nominated for Picture Actor Screenplay and um, didn't pull off anything. Well, look what it was up against. Right. Yeah. Just a shame that it came out all in the same year. Yeah. It should have got something for sure. Oh, Penny, she was on a roll. Oh, man. She was ever. Because yeah. two years later, she did A League of Their Own. Oh, that was great. And you know what? I'm really upset that they did a remake of that. Yeah, was it a series though? Was it? Yeah, it was series. No, it was a series, but still, it. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch that, but (laughs) definitely saw League of Their Own. Yeah, for sure. But you talk about a flip of the script, basically coming off of Awakenings, and the next movie being this one. Very, you know, it really propelled, you know, a couple of actresses' careers. Now they've been in movies before, but Madonna. And Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Um, Gina Davis. But yeah, Yeah. Gina Davis had, uh, she she had a a, a pretty big career before this, I guess. But, uh, and, but, and Madonna obviously was a massive star. Yeah. By this time, but not really known for acting. I mean, she did, uh, what was a shit movie she did back in the 80s? (laughs) A couple of them. Who, Madonna? Yeah. Gina. Oh, you're thinking of Vivita? Or she Dick Tracy. <laughs> what was she in before this? I don't remember. But she exactly. did. Like right before True this? True Blue. Or... She was in, wasn't she? Fuck, man. I can name them off. She was in over 90 movies. Is Madonna, check. really? Yeah. Well, 90, 90 releases. Yes. But a lot of softcore, hardcore porn. <laughs> yeah. Desperately Seeking Susan. That was that's the one, the one with I'm, uh, that's Spader. The one hey, with hey, whoa, whoa. Yes. There's nothing wrong with Desperately really? Seeking Susan. No. Okay. I don't, Who's I don't that remember. girl? No, there was. Okay, so she had a lot going on before this, but yeah, I she... thought that she was really good in this one. So yeah. chalk that up to the direction of Penny Marshall <laughs> for sure. Body of Evidence was another. Was not the one she poured hot wax over old Willem Dafoe. Oh God, probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, when you when you talk about desperately seeking Susan, that's another female director, Susan Siderman. How is it? Yeah, but Way to tie it in there. We're, we're not talking about her today. No. Well, we just did. Well, <laughs> yeah. so honorable, honorable mention. Honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> so a massive, massive cast. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis. Yeah. Um, just a, a, another. If you left this, if you left the theater in a bad mood after this one, forget you. You're you might as well fuck off. Lost cost. Boo. Yeah. Boo on you. Boo on you. Yeah. Um, next one she did after that was Renaissance Man in 94. With uh, Danny DeVito and um, what's his face? They did the tap dancing. Uh, Gregory Hines. Tap <laughs> dancing. Um, yeah, that was all right. That was all right. I think I yeah. see. I think I don't remember if I saw it or if I just remember seeing the the, the ads for it. But it's basically this guy DeVito is hired to teach recruits in basic training and uh, yeah, Gregory Mark Wahlberg. Is, the, is he really Mark Wahlberg's in it? Yeah. Um, Gregory yeah, Hines is a drill sergeant type thing. So, yeah, kind of a, a light uh, comedy as well. Um, I don't know how well received it was, but eh, not very. Probably not really. Lost 16 um, mil. 
Oof, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not in the uh, the high rotation. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the Preacher's Wife came out in 96 with uh, Denzel and uh, Whitney Houston. That was a good movie. Was it? Yeah. So I didn't see that one. So Whitney Houston is an angel that comes to Earth? Is that the premise? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a remake of an old film from the 40s. The oh. Bishop's Wife, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that didn't get a great rating on IMDb nope. either, so I can't really speak to it. Um, That's like a step all. away from a uh, a Hallmark movie. Yeah, probably. But it's got Denzel in it, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, then she picked up with riding with uh, riding in cars with boys, and that yeah, was, five that years was later, great. was it good? I don't oh, think yeah. I, I don't think I saw it. I liked it. Like <laughs> anything with Steve Zahn in it. Oh, Steve Zahn is a gift. He is. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, James. So Wills. what? That was a period piece too, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sixties, eighties, sixties. Yeah. Oh, so it goes. It, it, yeah. It's a big time period. Yeah. Okay. And by it's a it's out of by it's a biograph uh, fucking biopic, right? Okay. So yeah, I didn't I didn't see that one either, but I think that might have was that her last movie? Yeah. Because I think she did a couple of TV things after that, and then, yeah, she did. Um, but that was her last, uh, yeah, her last movie, movie, right? And she did a, a documentary on Dennis Rodman. Did she in twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh I didn't wait a see minute. That. Yeah, she directed it and told the story. I think of it. I'm not sure how she got involved. Yeah, she was a producer in a lot of movies. She was a producer for Cinderella Man with Ron Howard. Okay. Yeah, I didn't look up her producer credits, but I'm sure that's lengthy as well. Bewitched, uh, Getting Away with Murder, a few other ones. Yeah, so just, again, from her, and all directors aren't going to put out gems every time. No. But you put out uh, Awakenings and A League of Their Own in and Big within a four-year period. Yeah, that's... You're that's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. She got her chops starting it by, I think, was... Um, Laverne Shirley, she directed episodes, and then that uh, TV show with Keaton and Belushi, Working Stiff, she directed mm. a few. Oh, and I didn't know she directed any of those. Yeah, she was supposed to do Peggy Sue Got Married, which was a big movie in the 80s. Um, oh, yeah. But then dropped out, and then I guess from what I gathered of reading about Jumpin' Jack Flash is that that landed in her lap after the original director dropped out, so... okay. Um, you know, by chance, she ended up going on a 15 year run with movies, but uh, yeah, you know, if, who knows what happens if the original director stays on, she goes a totally different way, yeah, 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 yeah. Her last, uh, her last work was like I said, Cinderella Man and then Bewitched, cool as a producer, and then that was pretty much it, yeah, yeah. So, again, storied career, um. By all accounts, much beloved in the uh, community and in the industry. Uh, so she um, she's definitely missed. She she passed away a few years ago. Um, yeah, but uh, just left an amazing legacy of directing work. So moving on to our next director, who's made some of my favorite movies. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Amy Heckerling. Now, you might not know the name, but Amy Heckerling, man. Did some bangers back in the day. Uh, her first film, well, she did a short in 78, but her first real big credit was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <sighs> what can you say about that movie? A whole, I yeah. mean, that defined the 80s, man. That's, that's a generational movie that never gets old. It is, ugh. I mean, it, it's it, a direct, and to, to say like who direct if you asked anybody who directed fast times at Ridgemont high who doesn't know he's like, i don't know I have no idea you should know the name amy heckerling because she killed it in that movie it doesn't seem like a movie that should uh, the, let me rephrase that it doesn't seem like a movie that was directed by a woman no because it's it does have that raunch to it and it not that women can't be raunchy and i i love that she had that vision <laughs> to do that movie but it seemed like a movie that would be done by i don't know who back in the day but anyway it wasn't it was her but the thing is fast times richmond high was 
I believe for an '80s movie was over was underrated. It was totally underrated. Like when you list off a whole bunch of '80s movies, you pick so many other ones. But this one here, watch it again. It's so awesome. It is. Like I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The performances. Yeah. Uh, Judge Reinhold was was awesome in it. Uh, obviously, Sean Penn Spicoli was is yeah. just performance and- of performances. There is a Spicoli statue in the uh, my lounge. Yes, there is. <laughs> holding you got a piece. Spicoli statue? Yes, holding a pizza. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's about seven inches tall. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, just a, a massive, massive movie. Uh, but then she goes on to do two movies that I love. And one of them I haven't seen in a while. One that I've seen too many times. But Johnny Dangerously in '84, yes, is yeah. a friggin' riot. <laughs> it is, and that's one I I really would like to see again because Joe Piscopo in that movie is ridiculously funny. <laughs> Dom DeLuise, Danny DeVito, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, but was it was it Piscopo who used to call who used to curse but not curse in that movie? Yes. So it was yeah. Piscopo's character. Okay, I'm, I'm remembering it correctly. They used so. to use words in place of other words, and it was just it, the way that they, the, you know, the guys that were just, they were stupid, they were they were goose, but uh, it it played out amazing. Yeah, he called someone a farging ice hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, hysterical. So Amy Eckerling knocked it out of the park with that one. Loved it and. Then she followed that up with European Vacation, National Lampoon's European Vacation, the next the next year, and I freaking love that movie. <laughs> well, I, I, just, just think Trailer Park Boys, you're and the, the character that that um, Julian and uh, Ricky think yeah. about what Ricky does, all of the uh, the the malapropisms that he uses. Oh uh, yeah, of, of interchanging words, you know this and that. It's very similar to what you're talking about about Piscopo in that movie. Yes, man. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, this absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so European Vacation uh, was written by John Hughes, which we just covered in a podcast. And I I can't go through a roundabout without saying, look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to love about this movie, uh, right from winning the pig and the poke contest and going and eat they run almost kill eric idol on a bike (laughs) there's oh my god the the leader hosen part they're in germany and they're trying to do the dance and stuff and he ends up slapping the guy in the face it's it's honest to god it's if you haven't seen european vacation just go and watch it right immediately so gotta love heckerling for that Jim. Then she did one that I did two actually that three wasn't it? Well, (laughs) she did a lot, but there's two in a row that uh, look who's talking. Look who's talking. Two. Those movies didn't need to. She didn't do the third one. No, she did. She produced the third one, right? She did, eh? Yeah. I I'm pretty sure I saw Look Who's Talking in the theater. Oh, geez, Jerry. (laughs) I spent money on it. I know. Wow. That's okay. You might but at the refund. time, at the time. <laughs> Where's that receipt? You might I, want, be... yeah, I want my freaking money back. <laughs> you want your 375 back. <laughs> I'm going to call up the Harmon Theater in Steve Newfoundland and get me money back right now. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, believe it. Oh, I have a story about the Harmon Theater in Stephenville. Uh, he's passed away recently. God love him. But if you call the Harmon Theater... You wouldn't be able to talk to anybody, but you'd get the movie times, like the show movie times phone. and stuff. Movie phone, essentially, for for what's playing. Yeah. And the guy who recorded that was an absolute gem. He he had the most deadpan uh, huh. West cool. Coast Newfoundland accent you'd ever hear in your life. And I'm going to do it right now. Awesome. You calling up? Uh, yeah, I'm calling up. Here we go. Do I have a... I don't have a phone. Shit. I don't have a phone uh, sound effect. Okay, call out. Ring, ring. <laughs> Here we go. 
Thank you for calling the Armin Theater. Today, uh, playing at 7.15, Rob Rye. <laughs> Tomorrow, at 7.15 and 9.15, Robin Hood. Chris Farley and David Spade in... Tommy by. <laughs> That's classic. Awesome. Absolute classic. Oh, and I called that number like within the last you know 10, 15 years, just to see if the guy was still doing it. And by God, he was still doing it. Uh but like I said, he did pass away recently. But yeah, Rob Rye and Tommy by Tommy by <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> anyway, look who's talking. Piece of shit. I didn't like it. Nope. Um at all. Uh, big cast at the time, Travolta, Kirstie Alley, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Look Who's Talking too. I can only imagine, was worse. Pretty different Talk. for the time, though, when you, it was the 80s. I guess. Yeah. I guess. 89. Talking babies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But she did make a triumphant return uh, in 95 with Clueless. I thought Clueless was great. Um, not a movie I probably should have liked. But credit to Amy Heckerling for making me like it. It's actually a great movie. Um, I thought it was smart, uh, even though the characters were not. <laughs> um, but her, just something about it, it's, um, I don't know, very watchable. Breezy hour and a half. Well, no. think about what we were exposed to in the mid-90s of, and just came out of high school. Um, basically, it was a, to me, it was like a retelling of Fast Times, but in the 90s. Yeah, and I thought uh, Alicia Silverstone was excellent Yes, in it. And Brittany Murphy, too. She was just so fucking stupid. <laughs> then she did Loser. Oh, with Jason Biggs. With Jason, yeah. Jason Biggs yeah. and Mina Savari. I yeah. don't know if I've seen it, but I've seen the cover a oh. million times. Dan Aykroyd's um, in that, eh? Is he really? Yeah, he's the dad. And was it any good? Yeah. It got shit reviews on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, it got shit reviews, but it's still worth watching. Worth checking out. Yeah, it's yeah. Not it, a lot of those American Pie kids went no. on to have real big sort of no. I mean, and then they did like nineteen American Pie sequels afterwards. Right. Yeah. Was this but, pre or post American Pie? Two thousand. Uh, right after. Was it? Yeah. Right. It was Pie was ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Actually, we had a reference to American Pie last night because we had a nice giant. Apple pie on the table, and I'm like, I I I put it up to my nose and smelt it, and I looked over at Jerry and I said, "This reminds me of American pie." <laughs> Anyways, believe we'll it at that. For the, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to turn down pie, yeah. let alone wanting to <laughs> make sure that the temperature is ready. Yeah, pass the whipped cream. <laughs> yeah. So after after loser though, I don't think we, uh, anything really stuck out. Um, unless you've seen, I could never be your woman or vamps. Yeah, no. And then she did a bunch of TV. Yeah, she so, kind of faded out a little bit, a little bit royalties. But um, after making, you know, from eighty two to ninety five, making you know almost a hit after hit after hit, you can do that. <laughs> we'll let you. Yeah, and now it looks like her. Like, and now she looks like Joan Jett and Alice Cooper had a baby. Does she? Yeah. Hey, a movie. <laughs> I put those two images in. Oh, no, I just looked up her picture. And you're, you're See? Yeah. Spot on. Fucking right. You know, right from fucking Alice's womb. Yeah. If you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna dive uh, deeper into Amy Heckerling. Uh, you can watch a documentary called Skin, a History of Nudity in the Movies. Yeah. And, oh, it's uh, probably because of, um, what's her name? Gates. Phoebe Cates. That started Phoebe, that, right? Yeah, Phoebe Cates, Tracy Lords, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Well, archive footage of her and uh, Eric Roberts and uh, hmm. Linda Blair. A whole bunch of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll skip that one, but... Yeah. <laughs> So moving on from Amy Heckerling, the next one on our list uh, had to be there is Nora Ephron. And I was surprised that 
she only had eight director credits in in IMDb. I thought she had done directed quite a bit more. Um, now I think she produced or wrote more. Yeah, she was. She has seventeen yeah, writer credits. So she's got a lot. Yeah, but what she directed though um, was some pretty yeah pretty big movies. Yeah, there's only uh, three on my list that were really uh, significant. Which ones? Um, Sleepless in Seattle for sure. Yeah, Michael. Uh, Michael and you've got mail. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. That'll be yeah. the three highlights for me for yeah. sure. I didn't didn't see uh, mixed nuts or lucky numbers. I did. I see. I think I may have seen Bewitched with um, Will Ferrell and the kind of remake, which was fun. It was fun enough. I, I like. I'm a Will Ferrell fan, so I, I like the movie anyway. And I did see bits and pieces of Julie and Julia. Oh, I know. I didn't see that one. It was good. It was. I, I liked it. It was. It, you know, it, was, it wasn't anything I need to see again. But at the same time, it was smart. It was well, well acted and stuff. So I thought that was pretty good. But Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that was a great movie. And you've got Mail was a remake from the shop around the corner in the late fifties. Well, early fifties. Sorry. Okay. I don't think I saw Michael. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Really? Yes. I don't know why. I just think it's the whole angelic sort of um, rebellious nature of the angel for me. That's basically what it's about. It's about a fallen angel, right? Yes. Yeah. I liked it. Did you, Robin? Did you like it? I didn't mind it. It's an hour and a half of entertainment. Yeah, it is. It's worth a watch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fair enough. You don't need to put it in a rotation or anything, but... uh, No. Um... Yeah, he's an archangel. He comes back and he rebels. And just the way that uh, Travolta does it. Now, it's you know, one of those feel-good stories, essentially, yeah. at the end. But uh, I liked it. Okay. And the last one that I had on, on the list, and then we can go into a couple of uh, also Rands or a couple of lesser-known directors. The last one I wanted to speak about was Patty Jenkins. Patty, Patty Jenkins. Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Uh, did a bunch of TV in the 2000s. She didn't really start uh, directing until uh, the early 2000s, but her first movie, besides a couple of shorts, was Monster, which uh, Charlize Theron and Christina oh, yeah. Ricci. She's a that, bit of a rocket too, eh? This one here, um, Jenkins? <laughs> She's a bit of a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> She's attractive. But talk about segue taking someone who's super attractive in Charlize Theron and making her not super yes. attractive. Holy shit, man. If you haven't Very. seen monster, go see monster. It's uh, so it's based on a true story of Eileen Warnos, who, who was a prostitute in Florida and then she became a serial killer killing uh, men. Yeah. And uh, Christina Ricci's kind of her Christina Ricci in any movie is worth watching. She's good. Great actress. Yeah. Yep. I can't believe that movie came out 19, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that something? Holy shit. Yeah. Just uh, a crazy performance. She won an Academy Award for that, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And should have. Amazing. Um, fun fact. Right at the end of this movie, there's uh, two police officers in a bar. And one of them is Kane Hodder. Shut up. Yep. <laughs> Who plays Jason. Wow. And, Friday the 13th, part uh, 7 through 10. Some bitch. <laughs> yep. Some bitch. Who knew? So, yeah, monster, just, uh, yeah, very well titled. It is a monster. Yeah. Uh, one of the TV things that I want to mention that I, that I watched that was really, really good was called The Killing. Uh, oh. That came, oh, that was, oh. that was, I think it initially came out on AMC. Yes. But you can get it on Netflix. Just an absolute banger of uh, whodunit murder mystery. It's very, very good. Yeah. So she directed some of those, if not all of them. I mean, she made them all of them. I'm not sure. No, she only did two episodes. Two of them. She did the first uh, the first one and then another one thereafter. Okay. So she started it off. So basically she laid the groundwork for what the rest of the, the feel for what the rest awesome. of the, uh, the yeah. first season. Because I think it changed. It, it was good. But yeah. I think the the follow up to it was not as good as the first. Not season. as good. No, first first season was amazing. The, was. the whole thing with Rosie Larson and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, but then 
did a couple of TV movies. But then, man, in 2017, she hit an absolute grand slam with Wonder Woman. Yeah, she Wonder- did a lot of Wonder Woman stuff. She's even doing more Wonder Woman stuff. Yes, she has. She's She did the first one in 2017. She did uh, Wonder Woman 84 in 2020 and slated to do Wonder Woman 3 whenever that's supposed to come out. Wonder but Woman the- 2, loved it. Absolute, I use your term, banger. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Wonder Woman 1984? Not so. Oh, that was a hard watch Yeah, for me. I agree. No, didn't hold anywhere near the weight no but like the first one the, the 2017 wonder woman is honestly one of the best superhero movies you're ever going to see dc or marvel or whatever just hands down fucking yeah. phenomenal movie and to be directed by a woman doing yeah. wonder woman and that you know the the you can feel the without going over the top and without being in your face the female empowerment of everything that wonder woman should embody was brought out by Jenkins. And I don't think a male director could have had the impact totally uh, totally in a directorial role on that. I think you needed a woman in there. And I think Patty Jenkins was the perfect pick to do that. Yeah. Just a phenomenal feast for the eyes. I mean, the, the special effects were, were there, but they, they, they felt like they, you know, you weren't watching special effects for the most yeah. part. Like some of the shots of the of the Amazons, um, you know, on horseback, and then they jump up and turn and spin around and shoot the arrows coming behind them. Like, holy smokes, man! The action sequences and stuff that went into this movie, and you know, directing all of those and having them so artistically shot is just mind blowing. Uh, I love Wonder Woman. That movie, me too. Just balls out awesome. Yeah. And totally I don't, agree. No, I said I just don't know what happened with One Room in 84. I was looking forward to <sighs> it so much. I don't know if it was just because uh, she wrote the story. She wrote um And it's based on characters from the comic book, so it has all kinds of really good source material, yes. right? Like from Wonder Woman itself. Yeah. It just it felt like she went in having a fucking hundred million dollar budget and ended up getting a million. It just, it felt cheesy. It felt, um, rushed. There's just, yeah, it it didn't do anything for me. Gal Gadot. Yeah. Cool. Um, thanks. But, uh, uh, Chris Pine, you know, thanks for showing up, but yeah. Now, I, I don't know a lot about the extended Star Wars stuff, but she's supposed to come out with Rogue Squadron. Yeah, she is. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she's directing Rogue Squadron. Oh, yeah. well, she don't have to worry about budget there. No, she <laughs> she's, got the mouse, she's got the mouse behind her. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know much about Rogue Squadron either, other than it's a squadron of X-Wing, Rebel X-Wing fighters. So the story uh, is very under wraps. As far as I know, I haven't heard any, not that I'm looking for it, but I haven't heard any leaks of anything of what's what it's going to be, but it centers on X-Wing pilots. So that's going to rock. I hope. Oh my God. I hope. But I think back to Wonder Woman 84, I think the problem was having two villains again, and it it falls into like the Spider-Man trap of having way too many of too many foes in mm-hmm. one movie. Right. So you had Kristen Wiig who I thought was great in in the movie but very underused in very. the in the Cheetah role cuz Cheetah is one of Wonder Woman's biggest big bads in the comic they books. If they had just left it at two of those battling it out. Yes. No, I can't. I don't know about the source material, though, right? About even though she's a big, um, she might have been one of those villains that show up periodically. No, but I think she's in like she's in the Legion of Doom and stuff in, oh, okay. in comic so, books. She's a big, big bad, right? Uh, like kind of her arch nemesis in yeah. the comic books, as far as I know. I'm not a huge comic book guy, but I, right. I think I'm remembering that right. But I, I thought the whole Pedro Pascal character and that storyline. It, it just didn't work for me. No. I think they should have given more time 
to Kristen Wiig and, and the cheetah character. And I think they would have been very, much better off with a different story. And I don't think they really nailed the 1984 part of it. No, I didn't get that. I was hoping cause it was going to be like the first wonder woman was, you know, that fish out of water story where she's got the shield and, and yeah. you know, wants to beat shit at anybody who <laughs> looks at it wrong and stuff. And so that's really funny. And, 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 Chris Pine's uh, assistant is hilarious, trying to keep her under wraps and uh, and all that stuff. So I was hoping I'd get more of that fish out of water story from both of them, from Gal Gadot and Chris Pine being put into 84. And, but it really didn't have that. I don't know. Well, I think at that point in 84, the Wonder Woman, wasn't she, she was, she had been working in various, um, that's true. City. She wouldn't. She wouldn't have been. She would have been around for forty. No, right. he was. He was. Um, right. I, Kristen Wiig for me stole the show in that movie. She was the best. Yeah. In '84, yeah. and yeah. she was under underutilized. So totally. Yeah. So Jenkins, I guess, and, and uh, this had something. This was kind of hampered by COVID too, right? True. Uh, the release date and all that kind of stuff. So you never know. It could have been a lot of stuff behind the scenes that that Patty Jenkins didn't have control over. Uh, and I think the, the movie suffered. Well, production wrapped up in late 2018, so... Oh, okay. Well, maybe right? it's just the release date of it. It seemed like it was getting pushed. It, it, yeah, and they may have done... They may have had some time to do reshoots, because then they, they blew this out on streaming first. It didn't even go to theaters first, right? Oh, that's right, too. Yeah, it went on HBO Max or something. Right. Yeah. Limited theater release, and then it went to... Yeah, I think it was HBO, but... Yeah. Well, good for her. She did... Uh, she did some good ones and hopefully she can pull through yeah for sure yeah i really got high hopes for for rogue squadron yeah uh, that's gonna be awesome hopefully so that was the big the big ones that we wanted to talk about but robin had thrown out a couple of names that i wasn't familiar with okay uh, so well, i did look them up and i'm still not familiar <laughs> with okay so have you looked up uh, agnes varda i did so agnes varda she was um she was big in the 50s and 60s she was a uh, french new wave film movement um she was a uh, basically uh, she was influential in the French New Wave. Like um, she has more awards under her name than most of the uh, female directors wow. out there. Yeah, she's uh, and this is only from the eighties to probably two thousand nineteen when she passed away is when okay. she received most of the awards. So she was recognized more for uh, what she did in the 50s and 60s later on, I think because of uh, film, uh, world cinema, stuff like that, right? Like she's, okay. she's really come out, you know, she's Belgian-born French director, screenwriter, photographer, artist. Like, I don't know a lot about her. I've seen a few of her movies and yeah. uh, they're different, but they're wor- worth watching, right? Vagabond okay. is, is basically one that, you'd want to see if you if if you wanted to uh watch anything of hers now the the next one is uh sofia coppola can i give a shout out to agnes farda though for a sec the latest picture i've seen from her she looks like a uh she looks like et and um <laughs> oh yeah she does Ag- you mean agnes yeah she looks like maz canada and et had a baby <laughs> yeah well wait a minute how about a threesome with the with uh, what's his name from uh, the Muppets? Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, Mass Canada. <laughs> Anyways, poor Varda, she's dead oh, now, man. eh? So I'm sorry. That's okay. I had to inject some humor there. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you talk about her for five minutes, and you might. Have, that's why I had a dry cough. Um, <laughs> Okay, so going over to Sofia Coppola, she yeah. is the daughter of uh, Francis Ford Coppola, as oh. you know from The Godfather, and um, also um, uh, Apocalypse Now. You remember Francis mm-hmm. Ford Coppola? Well, that's her daughter, his daughter, sorry. And she's done different things like Virgin Suicides, you probably heard of. Yeah. She's done that. Um, Lost in Translation, which was a massive film. Yeah, yep, exactly. She did uh, tw- uh, on the rocks with Bill Murray as well. That was a that was a pretty good movie. Was it? Yep, on the rocks. Yeah, she's done a lot with Bill Murray actually. Yeah, yeah. she has. Yeah, she did a very Merry Christmas television special too. Of course. Yeah. 
But one of her first, I think her first movie was Virgin Suicides, if I'm not mistaken, like her first real movie. Okay. And then she did, uh, in 2006, she did uh, uh, Maria Antoinette. That was a big one. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is uh, is uh, Jean Campion. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Now, she um, she did, she's like 68 years old now, but she did uh, quite a few movies. Like The Power of the Dog was her latest one, and that was a Western. And according to, uh, let me see who it is. According to who is the guy that plays in the TV show The Ranch? The that Ranch. The Ranch. You ever seen The Ranch? Nope. No. Okay. So that's Sam Elliott. So Sam okay. Elliott has played in a lot of westerns, and he said Jane Campion is the worst director in the world. She doesn't know shit about directing <laughs> a western, but it was one that won the Academy Awards just last year for uh, The Power of the Dog. Oh wow. So, okay. and that was his take on it. He said, it's the worst, worst movie you'll ever see. Ever. <laughs> Anyways, not bad. <laughs> Australian director. Okay. Now, the last one I have is, uh, I, I seem to like is uh, Andrea Arnold. Now, Andrea Arnold, I haven't watched a lot of her stuff, but the one I watched the last few weeks ago, I watched one called uh, American Honey. Okay. What a great movie. Really? Oh, yeah. So it's um it's basically about uh a whole uh, a bunch of teenagers and there's a teenage girl homeless and she runs along with a crew of uh traveling youths that uh sell magazines door to door. Okay. And she it's just basically their uh their adventure oh, traveling looks, across yeah. America. Shia LaBeouf's in that? Yeah. The only credit that I saw that they're that they even jumped out at me at all was Wuthering Heights, the uh, Emily, Emily yeah, Bronte course, right? novel, because we did it in school. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I didn't has, watch it. And, everybody yeah. has done that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fish Tank was another one she's she's done, but I haven't watched it. But very different movies, right? Like very, okay. uh, all about um, teen angst, uh, rebellious teenagers, you know, okay, that kind of stuff. Fastbender's in that one. Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Nice. A couple honorable mentions. The, uh, sim- the, sim- along the the same vein as like Penny Marshall in the 80s with the feel-good comedies, whatnot and so forth, is, uh, well, with the recent release of Hocus Pocus 2, which Hocus Pocus is massive, is uh, Anne Fletcher. She did 27 Dresses, Step Up, The Proposal, Dumplin'. Pretty big movies, more okay. along the teenager type of deals. And then most recently for me, it's uh, Chloe Zoe. For Eternals oh, yeah. and Nomadland. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, she's a real big up-and-comer, too. So we'll watch out for her in the next few years as well. Amazing. It's funny because I was looking at Chloe's old movies the other day, and then uh, I, I stumbled upon um, Blood Simple from back oh. in. Oh. Right? Blood Simple, the Coen brothers. Yeah. But yes. um, Frances McDormand was in that. She was in Nomadland, and that's I'm like, holy shit. Right. Tie those together. So, um the good thing is I think that we're going to be probably blessed with some really good cinema over the years that women have shied away from being, you know, in that director spotlight, of course, with some of the big names we just talked about, but I think more and more and more at the forefront society as a whole, especially the movie industry is more open. And I think that uh, you're going to see a lot of different perspectives, um, a lot of different vantage points, films, TV, etc. Yep that uh, having a woman behind the helm. Because I know that there's a lot of things that women should do. Um, you know, I have the utmost respect um, for that side of the chair, um, yeah. not only in just movies and television, but in life in general. And I think that uh, it's only going to be much better moving forward. So shout out to all you women who want to direct movies. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that was the whole point of this topic when we decided to talk about it was that it's about time that you know women who uh, want to get into this industry and you know express their creativity and direct you know awesome things that that you wouldn't expect a woman to be either interested in or be able to pull off that women can absolutely do this and add their own spin on, uh, you know, Star Wars and anything that they want yeah, to do. Absolutely. So these women that we talked about 
you know, blazed the trail and are continuing uh, to blaze the trail for uh, directors um, that are up and coming. And I think it's amazing and awesome. Can't wait to see what to come. Exactly. And speaking of um, Agnes Varda, if they do a biopic, I suggest that they use uh, Anne Ramsey as the, uh, the star. AI and Ramsey. No, I want I want him to take. I want him to use Maz Kanata. Yes, man. <laughs> with a with a wig on. Jerry knows what I'm throwing down there. Maz Kanata. I do. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. As always, as always, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email at videonightpod at gmail.com. Uh, reach out on Facebook at facebook.com slash videonightpod. And on Twitter as well, twitter.com slash video night pod. And we'd love to get your feedback on this topic and any future topics you'd like us to cover. Please reach out and we'd love to hear from you. Okay. And I just finished my uh, Tim Hortons steep tea <laughs> with milk and honey. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yes. I've been drinking black coffee today. I've been drinking uh, just uh, regular coffee with cream and sugar. No pumpkin spice. No, crazy. Good for you. <laughs> you couldn't miss that. You could not. No. You, we had to have what you're drinking segment. Yes, for sure. <laughs> right on. Well, if that's everything, uh, until next time, I am Jerry. I am Robin. And I'm off to the West Edmonton Mall. Oh, nice. God. Nice. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. And until next time, be kind and please rewind. <laughs>